Check, check, check. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome back to the Mario Lawyer Show podcast. This is episode seven, the remake. Um, forgive me first if you have went ahead and listened to the first episode seven. It sounds completely atrocious. Very, very echoey. Um, I was recording in my office, and that's how it's been sounding. Um, so... I listened back to it and I thought that would sound so atrocious. I shouldn't even have put that out. So that's my apologies. And as we are speaking right now, it is 7-21-20 of the year 2021. It's a Wednesday and I'm sitting in the most uncomfortable position in the world, right next to my bed on the floor with my laptop on my little nightstand. And I'm holding my goddamn microphone just in my hand like damn barbarian um but yeah but it's okay um in my bedroom uh the sound sounds much better um not so much echoey for like because i have a lot more furniture in here than i do um in my office it's a pretty it's a small room with a big wooden desk and it's just you know whenever you just speak in there you can definitely hear the echo so in here it sounds much better hopefully you guys enjoy it um once again apologize for that episode it sounded completely atrocious i know um you can go ahead and talk shit to me it's okay my apologies but we're gonna go ahead and this is the remake episode seven um i'll definitely put that in the title as well so we're gonna go ahead and get into it because my arm is falling asleep already you guys while i'm holding this microphone leaning up against my bed um yeah so great visuals you guys could get there so let's go ahead and dive into it we just had usc 31 las vegas this past weekend with islam makachev versus tiago moises and what a damn fight card that was it was very 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 entertaining 100 percent entertaining and i suppose i should start off by saying we'll probably save the ufc stuff for the end and then we'll speak about probably football first and then we'll get into the gaming stuff and then we'll go ahead and um finish out with um the fighting stuff because i feel like the fighting stuff had much more stuff we may talk about a lot more i'm, I'm much more hyped for ufc right now than i am kind of for football and for gaming of course so that's kind of how i always do it you know you, let's save the best for last let's save the what the people most want to hear the most hyped stuff for at the end and we'll go ahead and build our way up. Of course, let's go ahead and start with the NFL since it's the one that has the least amount of interest going on right now. Um, the least amount of buzz, I should say. So I have a couple of topics. I know it's been kind of light lately with the NFL stuff. Um, of course, training camp is right around the corner. The Dallas Cowboys, I believe, are reporting first on the, I believe today. Yeah, they're reporting today. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be reporting tomorrow. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be reporting later on this week. Um, and the Cowboys and Steelers are going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. So that's kind of why they're reporting a little bit earlier. So finally, we can actually get to speak about some act actual football. Football. And I was thinking it's going to be such a goddamn mess this upcoming NFL um, season. You know, we're going to have to speak, speak about you know the ufc pretty much puts on a, an event every saturday if not it's every other saturday but and then we have the football season football games on sunday and then the gaming news throughout the week so it's gonna definitely ramp up with the amount of stuff we need we're gonna have to end up talking about but until that day comes we're just gonna have to 
talk about with the information that's given to us. So first up, Stephon Gilmore, of course, of the New England Patriots. Amazing cornerback. Still in his kind of contract negotiation. He isn't very happy with his current contract and the structure it is. 100% it's a money situation. And, you know, they went ahead and they paid him a bunch of money a couple years back, I believe. I want to say three seasons ago. Um, they gave him a whole bunch of money. Made him, I think he was the highest paid corner at that time. And they negotiated the contract in such a way where it was very front loaded. So now that it's back loaded, I think he still has two to three years left on his deal. And it's not the kind of money he would want to be making right now. I believe he's 30 or 31 years old. And of course, the NFL is such a thing that you are kind of paid for what you're worth. I always believe not only from a steam team standpoint, but from a player standpoint, if you are 100% outperforming your contract, then you should 100% hold out and um, make or try to renegotiate money for you because teams aren't going to be paying you for what you did for them whenever you're on your rookie year. They're going to be paying for you what they believe you can be doing for them this season and moving, and moving forward. And I believe Stefan Gilmore will not be playing in New England. I definitely do think he's going to end up going somewhere else, but the question is where because a lot of the places I think well it's it's kind of strange because not only do you have to kind of give up an asset um some assets I believe probably you're going to have to give up at least a second round pick in order to acquire him. Um maybe you could get away with giving them a third, but you're losing that, okay? Whatever you're going to be give, giving up to, to acquire him and then you're also going to have to renegotiate his contract. And at this stage of the game, there's not really too much teams out there with quite a bit of cap room space, I would say. And so that's a problem. So there's two problems right there off the bat. And the third problem would be finding a team that actually needs him. You know, a lot of teams who value him would have to be, you know, when these teams that have single um, isolations, you know, leaving their corners out there on an island, you know, matching up one-on-one against the team's other team's um, wide receivers. And whenever you're looking around the league, I can think maybe the Cowboys, they always need have a need at cornerback. feels like that's purgatory for them. Um, Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay runs more of a zone coverage, so they don't really need to go ahead and offer – up so much to acquire him San Francisco possibly I think that they that would be a pretty good fit for him possibly maybe Tennessee but I'm not sure how much cap space they have left over they have they're paying a lot of guys a lot of money there so yeah it's kind it's very very difficult and I feel like it's gonna happen during the training camp during training camp whenever a key corner goes down and gets injured and is out for the season that's kind of how I predict the team is going to go ahead and end up acquiring him and giving him a whole bunch of money this year and we'll talk about the rest later on um but that's how I kind of feel like it's going to it's going to play out for them I'll be very surprised if he ends up playing 
for the New England Patriots. You know, they're not much of a team that um, renegotiates a contract, especially whenever you're a player who's already under contract and especially not a player who they feel like might be over the hill a little bit. Um, he's still a fantastic cornerback, still possibly one of the best cornerbacks in the game, but that's us saying that. Who knows what Bill Belichick is saying? Who knows what the New England Patriots are saying? Who knows how they value him right now? They might say, you know what, this is a good, this is you're under contract, you know, play. If you don't want to play, that's fine, you know, sit out the year, earn zero money. And that's just how they do business there. So we'll, we'll go ahead and see what happens once and every training camp we get deeper into training camp training camp starts we'll see who reports who doesn't and we'll look at the injuries honestly you know because there's always a bunch of injuries during training camp so um we'll put a pin in this and we'll come back to it we already talked about teams reporting and so the last kind of topic is if you've been living under a rock i'm pretty sure you've heard about I'm excuse me, excuse me, if you haven't been living under a rock, I'm pretty sure you heard about Stefan Gilmore. Or not Stefan Gilmore, excuse me, Richard Sherman and the problem he's been having. Um, if you kind of go ahead and just read what is posted online, you're going to say it was a domestic violent incident. However, if you dive a little bit deeper and do a little bit more of a homework and you kind of go and look at the video, it wasn't that um, in case, you know, whenever they kind of say domestic violence situation, we automatically assume that it's from like, hey, you know, my mind at least goes to right away, you know, this person, this guy, you know, hit his spouse, um, did hit some member from his immediate family. And that wasn't the case here at all. Apparently, Richard Sherman was intoxicated. He went to some family member's house and was starting to act very erratic was intoxicated you know alcohol will 100% do that to you and he was ended up getting arrested and I believe he's out on bail as we speak um pleaded no not guilty I believe and it's just it's a very it's a weird topic because there's not too much information coming out from Richard Sherman um, because, number one, he's not with the team right now. He's a free agent, so we're not getting anything from a team. Number two, he represents himself, so we're not getting anything from his agent either. So it's just kind of we're just left just waiting to see what comes of this, waiting to see what Richard Sherman is going to go ahead and say. If he's going to be on the team at all this year, I still believe that he's very, very competent um, corner and he can still help a team immensely. And whenever you hear about former teammates of him, you know, they, they speak highly of him. You know, I remember whenever um, the San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl a couple years back and his teammates were speaking glowingly of him. You know, they were saying, you know, if there was one guy who um, I would leave my kids with, it would be Papa Sherman. So his teammates definitely speak very highly of him. I don't believe this. I think this was an isolated incident. I don't believe this is who he is. Um, so I definitely would want to see, go ahead and wait and see what comes of all this. And hopefully he does get find his way. This gets settled. Hopefully he does find his way onto a team, you know, because NFL, I feel like he's one of the, one of those bright stars in the NFL, even still at his current age. Um, 
I still believe he can be very, very valuable to a team. So hopefully this all gets cleared up and um, he moves past this and he gets back to the field, gets signs with the team and focuses this year on football. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, that's that's all the football news we have this week. Like I said, you know, it's possibly going to be one of the last short weeks in terms of football before it really starts to ramp up and we get just bombarded with NFL news. So get used to it. Um, and I, I'm, I was kind of thinking that possibly maybe like maybe next week we'll go ahead and we'll start picking um division previews for how it may stuff may shake out and we'll kind of continue that on all the way through training camp um so yeah so go ahead and email me or not email me tweet me at um at the marlo show podcast and you can also uh, tweet me at my own personal twitter account it's at uh mario underscore 13 and yeah so let me know if you guys want me to go ahead and do that to to do divisional previews before um during training throughout training camp um judging on time we'll probably have to do possibly two per week and yeah so we'll we'll probably possibly do that as well so just even more stuff to talk about even more stuff i have to do um well i'm sitting here on my floor in my bedroom right next to my bed crouched over on a microphone <laughs> so yeah so we're let's go ahead and dive into the gaming news next um got my other little notebook over here man isn't it great whenever you are kind of did a podcast scratched off the stuff the topics during the show and then realized fuck audio sucks so now i gotta read my scratched out notes here but it's okay what i do for you guys right I love you guys so much. All right. Back to gaming stuff. First thing, first topic, will Xbox ever go to $70 games? You know, that's kind of being what the cool kids are doing now. The big trend is charging your loyal fan base $70 um, for a game, for for your games, even though it's, you probably, there's probably not that it's there's no difference between a $60 game and a $70 game I can guarantee you that they're not putting in possibly anything extra you're not going to be noticing anything a little bit extra that um oh yeah I definitely got my extra $10 worth out of this game compared to the last game you know like let's say Call of Duty you know I think this Cold War was $70 at launch but let's say oh yeah this releases year in and year out oh I can definitely see my $70 games, how they are um, worth now compared to how they were, how it was last year. I'm not a much of a Call of Duty fan, but I definitely, if you think that that $10 is going into anything but profit, I believe you have another thing coming. That $10 is 100% going into the pockets of the developers. Um, you know, whether it may be EA or PlayStation 5 or Activision, that $10 is 100% profit. It's not going towards anything but that. So let that sink in a little bit. That's 100%, I believe that. 100%. Um, so, yeah. Um, will Xbox ever, now to the topic, will Xbox ever go to $70 games? I don't know. I believe one day they possibly will. You know, once ever it kind of becomes an industry standard, 
that everybody starts paying, you know, $70 or making their games worth $70. You know, Microsoft pretty much has no choice but to go ahead and say, okay, we have to follow along the line. So our games are also $70. However, that also goes ahead and makes Game Pass that much more valuable. $15 games, you get all of Xbox's first-party studio games launched into Game Pass day and date. And um, however long they may be there, as soon as they um, say, hey, this game is coming off in a month, you can go ahead and buy it at a discounted price. Um, so that kind of makes Game Pass that much more valuable, I believe, in my opinion. You know, I don't, I've don't. i never purchased a $70 game so far. And I don't know when I may purchase a $70 game. I'm pretty sure a lot of those games, I'm just going to wait until they get discounted and then I'll pay for them. Um, because $70 is such a high price tag. Especially somebody for like myself. You know, I'm going to college, working two jobs. Um, neighbor's dog is barking. Possibly sees a squirrel. I'm surrounded by dogs here. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll go ahead and see. Um, like I said, I'm not one of these guys who's going to be purchasing $70 games regularly. Um, yeah, so there's that. Next topic. Jez of Xbox 2 Podcast and of Windows Central says NetherRealm and TT Games are not part of the Discovery future. So Discovery went ahead and purchased Warner Brothers. And Jez has always been one of these people... Um, I absolutely love all his work. You know, I read a lot of his articles or listen to his podcast pretty much every single week. And he's always, he's been one of these, he's one of these leaguers that he's not going to leak something that he doesn't have um, kind of physical evidence. So whether that may be some kind of document, um, 100% with a couple of people's signatures on it, um, He's not going to go ahead and leak information from that. So he's very reliable on that. So he has some kind of document saying that NetherRealm and TT Games weren't part of Discovery's future in terms of gaming. So that kind of means that they're kind of on the market. So because of this leak, um, Discovery had to kind of come out and... What was that? A dog making a noise. Um. Anyway, sorry. I'll probably cut that out. Um. So, Discovery's not going to be so. Nether Realm and these games aren't really going to be part of. Hi, mamas. My dog came to say hello. She was like, "Why are you on the floor?" Yeah, lay down. <laughs> so, Discovery and these games are going to be possibly part of their future so discovery came out and kind of said no 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 no, they are they are um which of course they possibly have to do this because if they say yeah you know what you're right we are trying to sell these fucking people these studios that's going to drive down the price tag on them and that's not what you want whenever you're trying to gain the most money from an asset you're trying to um, push off it's kind of um, business 101 no you want to say nope nothing's for sale um we, we we love them we adore them and um give us even more money for them if you want to acquire them um so stuff like that so don't hold this too much um in terms of what discovery is saying i still believe that these studios possibly will get sold off they were not happy with um how the mortal Kombat 
movie did or how that's kind of going so they're kind of like uh, we don't this isn't part of we we didn't like this we need to move on from this two two games um both these studios actually now i'm thinking about it are very 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 needed in the microsoft universe more so tt games because uh they can be making there can be your game your children's studio where they make children games so phil spencer obviously has come on the record and saying you know what we need to get more um children games in here um so that 100 percent tt games is a little bit more i think valuable um to microsoft in netherrealm you know, NetherRealm is just, you know, I'm not much of a fighting guy. I'm not much of a fighting gamer. I could care two shits if there's any fighting games on Xbox or not. You know, that's just me. But would I like there to be an occasional fighting game on Xbox where I can go ahead and play, you know, whether maybe an Injustice or a Mortal Kombat? Um, sure, yeah. Um, but if the fighting genre completely fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, I would have two shits about it that's honestly that's just me um not, not i'm not a fighting gamer guy you know I, i'm more of a rpg kind of guy shooters once in a while and that's it that's all i need to be happy um yeah but we'll go ahead and see um acquisitions mm, it's kind of a very tough conversation to have because we don't know anything until it's absolutely kind of 100 percent um done and finalized and then we find out but yeah so xbox changing controller design phil spencer came on the record i believe on funny too funny podcast i can't remember he was on some kind of show and he absolutely praised the uh, playstation dualsense controller in saying that they are doing some great things over there at PlayStation, and it's something that we definitely want to bring over. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, um, to Xbox, to Xbox community, and you know, of course, there was uh, the everybody who, not everybody, but a lot of people, maybe everybody who got an Xbox Series X. There was that poll that got released was like, do you want these DualSense haptic feedback? Um, uh, technology into your Xbox controller going forward. And I believe overwhelmingly that was a yes on that poll. So I've, I'm kind of on the record saying that I've tried out the PlayStation five controller. Um, are those things that, you know, the haptic feedback and the dual set, the triggers and all that shit. Is it really cool? Sure. Um, it is, but the controller itself is kind of, it feels a little big in some places um and yeah so it's more geared towards like i would kind of use it more or only really in a single player game kind of universe um whenever it comes to a competitive game like a call of duty or whatever i'm turning those motherfuckers off because that kind of puts me at a disadvantage during that game um so yeah um and so now the question kind of becomes, um, if you're going to go ahead and do a controller redesign, is it going to be made like uniformly? Is it going to be made just for your next um, Xbox Elite controller? You know, how's how's that going to go? Is Are you going to wait until next gen to um, go ahead and do this? 
you know, as we're speaking here, you know, I have fucking five controllers I'm staring at right now. Um, four base controllers and um, an Elite Series 2 controller. So if it kind of comes out that, oh, all of these games or excuse me, you know, the base controller moving forward is going to have these haptic feedbacks. I'm going to be a pissed off motherfucker. You know, I just spent, you know, 60, 70 dollars per controller and then, you know, 200 and something dollars for my Elite controller and saying that now you got to go in if you want to use some of this shit you got to go ahead and um buy all new controllers i will be mad as fuck because i kind of purchased all these controllers because you know to kind of keep them in rotation um so that way i'm not using one controller every single day it dies fuck i'm fucked that's all for gaming stuff for me um for today um but yeah so if they do do that, I will purchase possibly just one controller and just have it there whenever I want to be playing single player games or whenever I want to use it. But uh, yeah, I would be very, very upset. I mean, you know, they just opened up the design labs and they just kind of they've been releasing these stupid ass um, Space Jam controllers. And, you know, so I don't know how long it's going to take to possibly implement this or how they're going to do it i think for this generation if they want to do something like that the elite three possibly putting that stuff in there and once never next gen comes in a couple years seven eight years going ahead and adding in adding that to the base controllers because right now it just feels 100 percent unfair or i don't know how they would do it you know maybe they're no, they won't even, they have to completely put new technology into the controllers. So there's going to be like no update they can do to um, go ahead and implement those ideas into the controllers you have now. But yeah, so I don't know. I might not even get one if they do do that. Um, it's just like, why would I do that whenever I have all these controllers here now? Um, I'll probably get one just to try it. But yeah, like I said, it's it's 100% just like uh fuck but it'll be cool to have nonetheless next topic ghostwire tokyo delayed to early 2022 and out of both of these games that kind of got um the one year exclusive exclusivity to playstation so if you don't really know um before bethesda was acquired by um microsoft Zenimax Studios was acquired by Microsoft. They made a deal with PlayStation to saying, um, let us have Deathloop, an arcane game, and Ghostwire Tokyo, a Tango game, um, Tango software game. One year exclusivity on the, our PlayStation 5. They did the contracts. Okay, yes, 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 okay. Xbox acquires, or Microsoft acquires Zenimax. And... Phil Spencer, of course, comes out and says, we're going to go ahead and honor those contracts. So, yeah. So, and out of both of these games, you know, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo was kind of more of my vibe. You know, I, I really like arcane games. Um, that Deathloop looks really cool. Kind of weird at the same time. Um, kind of funky, funky game in terms of the story. You know, you're pretty much playing just one day. Um, but, yeah. So, Ghostwire Tokyo is a little bit more of my what I would be more excited about. So for that to get delayed till early 2022, that just means it's delayed for us as well. 
So let's just say it launches January or February of next year. That means we're not going to be able to play this game on our Xbox platform until January or February, whenever it comes out, of one year after that. So that's 100% upsetting to me, but what can you do? I mean, we don't want games, I don't want games released on any platform that is, isn't polished, isn't great, you know, after, you know, Cyberpunk, you know, you know, developers take as much fucking time as you want, because that was an absolute mess, and, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, take as much time as you want, you know, make sure these games are great, polished, and by the time we get it, it's gonna be an amazing game, it's gonna be, um, all these bugs are gonna be squashed out, so, just gonna have to wait a little bit longer for us, I guess, I suppose, um, Hopefully by then I have my PlayStation 5 and I can play these games there as well. And the next topic. Damn, this one is a hard one to read. Oh yeah, Psychonauts 2 Invincibility Mode. So, the new game, the sequel to Psychonauts that was launched on the original Xbox is coming out here pretty soon next month and it was a couple of days ago there was um a lot of youtubers showing hey look at all this um where we got i think they got like up to three hours of gameplay they they could play on psychonauts 2 to go ahead and try it out and talk about it a little bit you know build up some hype and it looked really cool you know i was that's going to be a day one game for me. I'm going to be playing that game day one. Um, unless I'm extremely busy that day, which will most likely be the case. But that's going to be a game I'm going to be playing very, very on as soon as it launches. And so back to the invincibility mode. Um, it was released that there's an invincibility mode. So if you want to go ahead and play this game and you're never going to get fucking die, you just have to just figure your way around there. You know, you can do that. The developers made that possible for you. And there was a quite a bit of uproar because of this from a lot of different gamers saying that, oh, this is going to be the industry standard. We want fucking hard games. We want our Doom Eternals. We want our, what's a, Sekiro's. And fuck, fuck this shit. You know, if you play on that, you're fucking, you're not a real gamer. Stuff like that. Paraphrasing again, of course. But yeah, um, so my mindset immediately goes, you know, I had a younger brother. He had, you know, motor skills that weren't, you know, he was, um, how do I put this? You know, he had a couple brain injuries. So whenever I think of invincibility mode, I think of, you know, people like, um, who have these, um, mental problems. Who would still love to game, you know, if he was alive now, I would 100% put on that game for him, put it on invincibility mode and let him go to town on it. So that's where my mind went to. And, you know, it's just for me, it's more of an inclusion. You know, if 
even if a regular gamer would want to play this game on invincibility mode, you know, I'm going to fucking try this game on invincibility mode. That's not how I'm going to play the whole game through it, but I'm going to go ahead and try it out. I'm going to be like looking at it like, oh, look at this fucker trying to kill me, but nope, cannot do it. So I'm going to go ahead and try it out just to see what it's like. I Back in the day, you know, uh, I can't remember this game I used to play all the time, but there was a cheat where you had invincibility mode and it was really cool to be playing through the game in that because you had to fucking jump through um it was called what was this game called doctor something he would like transform he was like a crazy ass little doctor and he would like transform into like these monkeys and shit um these weird creatures he was like i believe one of them was like a gorilla or something um but nonetheless doctor some damn i have to look that up here later on and then i'll i'll, I'll share that game on um twitter once i find it um, but anyway, so I would play that game on fucking invincibility mode, um, you know, with a cheat or whatever. And I'd be like going through the fucking lava or the, it wasn't lava, some kind of green, um, what was it? Some kind of like green toxic shit that was on the floor. So I remember kind of just going like, Oh, look at me. I'm on a fucking rolling right through this radioactive dog shit. Um, stuff, pea green shit, pea green. He's yellow, night green. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I remember playing this game and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So that kind of brought me back to then. And so it's just like, let people play whatever the fuck they want to play on whatever difficulty they may want to play. You know, I don't think of anybody any more, any less. If they play a game on hard, if you beat a damn game on hard, I don't think of you any more or any less. I don't think of you anymore any less if you play this game on invincibility mode. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm not going to be pissing on how you want to enjoy your free time, how you want to relax. I'm not going to be complaining about that shit, okay? So there's still going to be your from, from, from software games, extremely hard games. There's still going to be your Doom Eternal games. So don't worry about this. This is meant for kids. This game is a kid-friendly game if you haven't noticed so you kind of want as much people playing this game as you possibly can get so i would love for there to be more games that are invincible that have invincibility modes so that way we can get even more people um into this gaming sphere that we love so much so think of it along those lines so yeah um so don't be shitting on people's praise don't be thinking that you're better than in, than a lot of other people who play it on this um on this way my dog is barking there's an intruder maybe oh well it's okay it's probably just a squirrel or somebody riding their bike or the mailman it's like about the time for the mailman um so excuse the barking dog and that's a great transition into our next topic i think we have one more topic here netflix getting into gaming what is going on in the world? What's going on in the world? Everybody wants to get into gaming. What the fuck? What's happening? It's almost like gaming is so profitable that everybody wants to wants a slice of the gaming stuff. <laughs> okay, so there's not too much information on this. Very little, actually. Game or excuse me, Netflix just said that. They're getting into the gaming sphere. 
and not sure how it's going to be. Most likely from the inf- there's kind of been a little bit more information that's been coming out. Um, I believe it's going to be if you have a Netflix subscription, um, there's also going to be a catalog for games. So if you want to play video games, um, you can get them from us too with your Netflix subscription. And for me, thinking about this a little bit, I feel like I believe I was reading somewhere that Netflix's subscription growth has kind of stalled a little bit. So this may be something to kind of boost that up even to um, make their subscription base grow even higher. Um, so, of course, you know, Netflix wants to always be continually growing. They never want to stop and they damn sure never want to um, go backwards or have decreasing numbers of subscription so this is cool this is great you know it's gonna be really cool you know i have a netflix subscription i mean no i don't my sister has a netflix subscription we just share you know she shares some of my stuff i share some of her stuff happy family you know but yeah so nonetheless um it's gonna be really cool to see you know like i said you know 70 dollars games so there's going to be another place where you can go to get games and you're not going to have to be paying um, full price for them, especially games you're not too sure about. So, yeah, so that's all the gaming stuff we got, guys. I'm looking at the time. We're 37 minutes into this show. We're making good time. I believe the first one I recorded, we were probably about like at the hour mark and we still got the UFC stuff to talk about. And there's a lot to talk about there, a lot of stuff to talk about there, and then a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So let's go ahead and get into that. First off, my picks for UFC 31 Las Vegas, I did a perfect fight card, scored, I picked all the correct winners for this fight card. And for UFC 264, I picked close to a perfect fight card i only missed one i only missed steven thompson um that's the only fight i missed so ever since i've been doing this you know two fight cards now only missed out on one i should probably gamble on this or something maybe somebody will take my picks and go and cash them in and make some money off of it who knows i'm not much of a gambling person so Mm, yeah i'm not much of a gambling guy so if anybody wants to make some money off of my picks you're more than welcome you just gotta shoot me 10 percent of that and wall as well but nonetheless let's go ahead and dive into it a little bit here let me go ahead and pull up i don't need this week this last week's fight card i'm gonna go ahead and pull up next this weekend's fight card um tj dillashaw versus Corey sanhagen that's gonna be another fantastic um fight card as well i was looking at so i'm just pulling that up making sure everything is good there everything is right uh come on why did it It, like i typed in ufc fight night and it brought me up to gilbert burns versus tyron woodley so that's how far back this goddamn thing brought me to come on you freaking thing Okay, there it is. So now that that's out of the way, great podcasting here, right? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Okay, great. 
Thank you guys. Sorry about that. So, let's go ahead and dive into this last weekend's fight card. Billy versus Benavides. That was a great fight. Um, Billy just came out. Billy Q came out and was just giving this guy the business. And Benitez, he's a guy from AKA that they speak very highly of. You know, they're saying that, you know, this guy's a harder kicker than, um, what's his name? Luke Rockhold. So... This was a very interesting fight. You know, Billy came out and he was just giving this guy the business. He was pretty much was able to beat him anywhere he would like to. You know, he was cutting this guy up. You know, his he his eyes were swollen shut. Um, Billy had him in a couple of arm triangles, or not arm triangles, body triangles in the fight. And he was just giving this guy the business. Um, he came out very, very motivated. And it was a great fight. You know, Benny T was starting to fight back too. And there was some times where on the feet he was... Um, striking back and he wobbled Billy Q a little bit so great fight um, ended in the third round with I forget who the referee was but they kind of told Benitez to hey you know what fight back fight back and whenever you hear that you know immediately that's kind of goes to show that um, the fight's gonna get stopped so Billy Q heard that he started to put it on him he had him in a body triangle there in the third round as well and he got the stoppage so congratulations to billy q very very exciting fight next fight Vieira versus some kind of i forgot his name anyway but in this fight you know Vieira kind of coming into this fight his last fight he didn't really look the best um it was he was very he lacked cardio in his last fight and this guy's kind of a interesting guy because I, somebody interviewed him a couple a while back and they said to him or he said to them that hey I nobody fights more afraid than me in there nobody fights more afraid than me in there and you kind of you raise your fucking you're like what the fuck like who 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 steps into octagon you know and says that and this guy's no joke, you know, Vieira's a fucking animal in the octagon, you know, especially this fight, you know, he came out, he had perfect boxing, he was throwing straights, landing consistently, you know, he was busting opening, he was busted, he busted open this guy, and he was just, he looked great, and his jiu-jitsu is phenomenal, phenomenal jiu-jitsu in this fight, um, so, all around, it was great performance by him, and he finally ended up, uh, he jumped on the guy's back, got him in a standing rear naked choke. The guy threw himself back to kind of try to get him to release him, but his squeeze was just, his squeeze was so hard, he started tapping by the time before he even hit the ground, throwing himself back. So, congratulations to Vieira. You know, have some confidence in yourself, my guy. You're a bad motherfucker. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are telling you this. You know, um, yeah. But congratulations to him. And we'll go ahead and see who what he does next. Very, very interesting fighter there. Um, yeah, you know, he has all the talent in the world. So no need to be scared. No need to be afraid. Have some confidence in yourself, my guy. Next fight, Ganrot's quick work of... What's this kid's name? Dang, I forgot his name, guys. Let me pull it up. No... Who the fuck is that guy? I can't believe I forgot his name. I have like a hundred different things going on in my mind. Gamrot versus Jeremy. No, Jeremy. Who the fuck is that? Stevens. 
And this was a fight that I was kind of going to pick Jeremy Stevens, but, you know, I, I saw Gamrot's last fight. And this guy's the motherfucker. You know, he's a young, hungry, scary guy. And Jeremy Stevens is one of these very well known kind of guys. He's a guy who's pretty, who's a fan favorite, I would say. And Gamrot just came out and he did not give. Jeremy Stevens, no respect. He got him to the ground, got him in a Kimura, submitted him like a little over a minute in this fight. And you kind of feel a little bit for Jeremy Stevens. You know, his last fight got canceled because right during uh, weigh-ins, face-offs, um, he pushed this guy, got injured his fucking neck, couldn't fight. Fight got canceled. Got scheduled for this fight against Gamrod. Gamrod comes out, beats him in a little over a minute. So it's just like... Mm. can't win for Jeremy Stevens at the moment, but, you know, he's not going to get cut. Nothing's going to really happen to him. Um, he's a fan favorite. You know, the UFC can still use him. So, yeah, congratulations to Gamrod. He's a, definitely a guy who, if he's not on your radar, start putting him on your radar um, because this guy has... He, he has so much talent, and he's training down there in ATT. Not anybody can go down there and train down there. Um... So he has all the talent in, his, in the world. Um, congratulations to that young man. Very interested to see what he's going to do next. Now we're at the Comey event, ladies and gentlemen. Misha Tate's big win over Marion. Marion? Marion? I'm bad with the name, guys. Marion Renault. Marion Renault came into this fight. This is going to be her last fight. Not only just her last fight on her UFC fight contract but also her last fight in general in her UFC career she was 44 years old came in you know losing a couple fights so she said let me go ahead and just fight out my fight contract and that's gonna I'm gonna call it a day and UFC allowed that to her so congratulations to her on an amazing career she had her son there as well in her corner so that was very emotional I was kind of rooting for her a little bit um, and then on the other side, Misha Tate coming back. Misha Tate's a pretty big fan favorite. Um, she kind of was the, uh, she was pretty well known whenever she came in. Um, it's just that there was Ronda Rousey who was just beating the fuck out of her constantly. And, um, yeah, so there was just that. She was a former UFC champion, so I'm, I'm trying not to disrespect her in that way. So she came out and she looked phenomenal, had really good at striking. Um, of course, her ground game, which she's known mm, so much for, was there as well. And she was able to stop Marion. And Marion's never been stopped in her UFC career, so she was the first to do that. So congratulations to Misha Tate on that accomplishment. And yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting to see who Misha Tate's fight next, who she fights next. Um, I don't really know... If you ask me if she's ever going to be a champion again, I will say absolutely not because there's an absolute monster at the top of her division. So I would say no, but that's not saying she can't have a really successful career um, here in the UFC. So it's always good to have big names like that um, in your organization. You know, it's really nice to have those people... Um, those great recognizable names on a fight card as well. 
it's just like the Jeremy Stevens kind of thing. Like people know their names, so people are gonna kind of be more interested to in seeing them fight. Um, regardless of the record, um, they just they're pretty well known around the around the water cooler. Um, so yeah. Um, and now that's leads us finally to our main events: Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. And what a fight for both of these guys, actually. You know, I know Islam dominated this fight pretty much. You know, he first round, he, st- he stood up with this guy. He did some amazing striking. You know, he outstruck him. Outst- outstruck him? Is that right? He, he, he did better on the feet than Tiago Moises. And that was kind of the one advantage everybody kind of thought Tiago might have was um, whenever they were both on their feet. And that kind of goes ahead and shows what's the different, how much of a different fighter he is of Habib. You know, Habib had pretty good striking at the end, but he had nothing. He's nowhere near the level of what um, Islam is right now. I mean, all this guy's throwing high kicks. You know, he throws amazing shots. You know, he he looks phenomenal on the feet. I would say, phenomenal. Not the best um, striker, I would say, at the 155 pound division, but still very very competent. And then, so, and then on the groundwork, you know, he's every little bit as good as Habib, you know, not as aggressive, I don't think, on the ground, you know, he does go more for submissions um, than Habib did, um, and he almost had him there a couple times, and at the end of the second round, he went for an arm bar, he fucking had it, and then right whenever he was about to apply pressure, um, the round ended, so, yeah, but overall it was a great fight and i would like to say this for tiago moises for the people who kind of been saying they don't want to fight islam for this guy to say yeah i'll do it you know and it's good for him because he possibly wouldn't get this opportunity to fight in a ufc main event if it wasn't for him stepping up to the plate and saying that yeah i'll fight anybody so he earned a lot of respect in my book and he's definitely a guy who i'm gonna keep track of and there's no shame in losing to Islam. Islam is a fucking animal. Um, and Islam looked much bigger than him in that in this fight. So it kind of shows, too, that how much weight Islam is cutting in order to get down to 155. Um, but nonetheless, Tiago Moises, congratulations to you. Thank you for accepting this fight. This was an amazing fight for you. Congratulations on the opportunity. I'm pretty sure you are in the good graces of the UFC as well. And yeah congratulations to you congratulations to islam now let's talk about a little bit about what islam said after the fight during his post fight press conference he said hey uh everybody's running scared of me um you know you can run but you can't hide motherfuckers basically he he said it with a little bit more of a russian accent than that but nonetheless um, he called out RDA immediately, saying, uh, Paul Felder interviewed him, and if you don't know, Paul Felder fought RDA a couple, a while back in his last fight, um, whenever, it was supposed to be Islam versus RDA, and Islam got injured, so Paul Felder stepped up, and then, um, of course, RDA won that fight, and Islam kind of said, hey, you know what, you fought him on, like, uh, 10 days notice or a week's notice, uh, I'll give this guy three, four months to fight me, and we'll go ahead and see there, and he also called out, um, a couple of names as well, including 
oh tony ferguson um he said that let's go ahead and i won't fight this guy you know um he has quite a bit of history with habib and i want to go ahead and show that he has no business in there with any of us i don't want to see that fight i do not want to see that fight tony ferguson is way over the hill um he's not i mean no he's losing to he he's he's so far over the hill so that fight makes zero sense to me and the the one guy he didn't call out was dan the hangman hooker and he had quite the bit to say about islam he said you know what islam you're fucking calling out tony ferguson um and he's on a three fight win streak you know you don't want to fight me because i've lost three of my last six but i'm still very highly touted fighter at the 155 pound division so fight me and i would much rather see islam fight um dan hooker 100 percent because you know dan hooker he his last two fights were losses you know a war against dustin poirier no shame in losing a war to dustin poirier you know guys aren't even you know dustin poirier has possibly the best boxing in the ufc so no shame in that and then he got starched by um what's that new guy's name I forget. Bellator guy. Uh, I'm bad with names, you guys. I can't think of names off the, right off the top of my head like that. But anyway, so no shame in that either. Okay? He's still... He, he's not that far removed of being, you know, talked about as possibly challenging for the belt. So, Dan Hooker versus islam makachev is a fight i would 100 percent like to see you know and it's already kind of building up as being some bad blood um dan hooker saying nobody's running from you you know you're running from me come fight me um let's do this so that'll be a great fight i would love to see that i think islam beats him as well possibly not as easily i don't think as tiago moises but still very interesting fight you know dan hooker's a tough motherfucker you know he can take shots um so great fight there I would love to see that fight. So that's all for that fight card. And we're going to go ahead and make our picks for UC Las Vegas 32. Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashank. And this is going to be a fight card that I'm not going to be able to watch live. Because I have to work during this time whenever it's going to be going on. So... And I'm upset because looking at the main fight card, it's an amazing fight card. I want to watch it so bad. I want to watch it so bad live, but I won't be able to. The prelims are whatever, but main card has really good fighters on it, which you would kind of expect from a UFC event. Oh, let me adjust myself a little bit here. I'm getting old. I'm only 24 years old, and I have the body of a 50-year-old man. Maybe a 60-year-old woman on a good day. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and start out with my picks. Mickey Gall versus Jordan Williamson. And Jordan Williams is actually coming down to fight at welterweight. He was originally a 185-er coming down to fight Mickey Gall. I'll go ahead and I'll pick Mickey Gall in this fight. Submission, second round. Next fight. Miranda Fear the Maverick versus Macy Barber. Macy Barber kind of fell off the rails a little bit. 
she was kind of hyping herself up, saying that she was going to be the first or the youngest uh, UFC champion ever, breaking John Jones's record. That's definitely not going to happen. And now she's going to fight an absolute fucking bulldozer of a woman in Miranda Maverick. Um, this Miranda Maverick's a very interesting girl. Um, she's like very educated. Um, I think she teaches college classes, or she's kind of some kind of professor or something like that. Um, so yeah, so she's really really interesting there. Her life outside of the octagon, and whenever she's in the octagon, she fights like a goddamn man. But yeah, so that's an interesting fight. I'll pick Miranda Maverick, uh, second round stoppage, TKO, grounded pound strikes. Darren Elkins versus Derek Minor. And I really love Darren Elkins. You know, he's a guy who he's uh, he fucking gets cut so easily. I guess that's why it's that's his nickname, the damaged. But nonetheless, uh, oh, I want to pick Darren Elkins so bad in this fight, but I just have no confidence in that guy. So I'm pick Derek Minor. Uh, unanimous decision. Next fight, Kyler Phillips versus Rolina, Rolina, Pivar, Piva. And this is gonna be a bantamweight fight, and Piva, what the hell's his name? Paiva is actually coming up from 125 to fight Kyler Phillips. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm pick Kyler in this fight. Uh, unanimous decision as well. You know, anytime you know these guys switch weight classes, I kind of have a little bit of mm, uncertainty about that. And next fight this is a co-main event, right? Yeah, co-main event. Aspen Ladd returns against Macy Chasen. And in this fight, it's Aspen Ladd has a little bit of a bigger name than Macy, but looking at it, Macy has four inches, four inches, the, um, I'm going, uh, yeah, so Macy has like four inches reach advantage on height and reach she has like goddamn six inches so i'm gonna pick macy um split decision and now in the main event tj dillashaw versus Corey sanhagen i absolutely despise tj dillashaw with every last ounce of being inside of me um you know i didn't like him before he got popped for steroids or epo fucking same thing whatever i mean they're both a uh, enhancement they're both injectable EPO, I know for damn sure is. Um, you know, he just came off a very... I just... I never liked the guy. I never liked the guy. He came off as very arrogant. Um, you know, he and he's just a cheater. I'm going to pick Corey Sanhagen. Corey, knock this fucking guy out. Second round knockout. Um, please, Corey Sanhagen. Please knock out TJ Dillashaw. And... Yeah, so... That's... That's the show, you guys. That's everything. Um, hopefully the sound is much, much better. Again, I apologize for the last one. So this is going to be episode 7, the remake. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can go ahead and follow me at the Mario Lady Show podcast on Twitter. You can follow me there. Or you can also follow my own personal Twitter account at Mario Loya underscore 13. And I appreciate it so much, you guys. Thank you guys so much. And we're going to go ahead and fix some sound problems. Um... Uh, 
echo proof my office hopefully and yeah but this was a very interesting experience talking to you guys here on the floor my dirty floor actually i need to clean it up but yeah so thank you guys so much for tuning in and i'll talk to you cool kids later peace